Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. <laughs> oh, wasn't that awesome? I love, um, I saw that for the first time at the 9 a.m. service and brought so, back so many memories. And I'm just curious today in, in this service, I did this at the 9, but at the 1045 service, is there anybody that has been here for all seven years? You've been here the whole time. We've been, yeah, we had a handful. We had like 10 or so in the other service too. Come on, that's awesome. Now let me, let me do it a little bit different. How many of you have been here since uh, we were set up in Teardown and we were portable and we were showing up? Come on, let me see your hand. You need to give these people a hand. Come on, can we clap our hands for people? We had, uh, by the time we moved into this building, we had three separate teams, I think it was, that alternated setting up church. And we would literally get there at like 6 in the morning and uh, pull everything out of a storage pod, set it all up, build a stage, um, hang speakers from rafters and all kinds of stuff, have two services, pack it all away in a box. Come on, it's church in a box. And then we would leave about two in the afternoon. And we did that for five years so that somebody, anybody could come through the door and experience Jesus. And uh, man, we are forever grateful for so many people that jumped on those teams and they were setting up and tearing down week in and week out. Uh, I was joking about this. We remember the times where when we were piecing that stage together. So if you were with us at Heritage Hall, you'll remember this. But we would put the stage together and it would lock together and all of this. And the edges of the stage, it was covered up by the time we had church, but the edge of the stage was metal. And so when you would grab those, it was metal. And I can remember times in the winter when we would get there and somebody would bring, you know, some kind of sand or, a, a you know, some kind of salt or something like that because that back ramp would be really slippery and we would be, you know, be at 17 degrees and we're grabbing these metal that have been outside in the storage pod, grabbing these metal stage pieces to bring them in and, and, and put together a stage and all this and just so many. I, I honestly would not trade for the almost five years that we were able to do that. And it was a lot of work and all the people that were doing that said amen when we moved into this building um, because we no longer had to do that. But I, I don't know that I would trade for it just because of the friendships and the community and the team building that happened. When, when, when you've got people committed, you know, to see people come to Jesus and they're committed enough to get up and show up at 6 a.m. and piece everything together and put together kids' classrooms and pipe and drape and all this stuff. I mean, that's, that's commitment to what God wants to do. And uh, it's just incredible to see where where all of this has come from. So some of those pictures I was looking and I'm thinking, who are those people in some of those images? But um, we're just excited about where we've come from and where we're going. Uh, we believe that the best is yet to come. We say that a lot, but we really believe that. Uh, really quickly, night of worship tonight, six o'clock. We want you to be here. It's always, a, I mean, we, I can't say enough about what it's like to gather in this room and just lift up the name of Jesus and worship him uh, and we're going to do that tonight at 6 o'clock, and then afterward, a lot of times, a lot of us will go eat somewhere or, or hang out or whatever, but, uh, but we want you to be here tonight. We're ending 21 days of prayer today with a night of worship tonight, and we want you to be here. So make plans, be here, uh, be here at 6 o'clock, and let's worship the Lord together, and, and don't not come because you have kids. And I, I want to say this, our kids, there's not child care for nights of worship, but we have lots of people that come and they bring their kids, and kids do not bother us in this building, okay? All four of our kids will be here tonight worshiping the Lord, and here's what I would say. We love all of our iKids volunteers and workers and people that are back there even right now, um, loving on kids and teaching them, worshiping with them on their level but there's just some times when I think your kids need to see you lift your hands. And they need to hear you sing, you know, and worship God out loud. And they need to be able to look up. And I know we've had people send us pictures. They've taken pictures before when our kids were even younger. And we would be lifting our hands on the front row and like one of our, one of our kids would have their hand up, you know. Because they were just watching what we did and we were modeling for them what it looked like to, to worship God. And I think, there, I think there's something so powerful about that when your kids are 
are able to see you doing that and be a part of it. Come on, we're a church family. We're going to gather tonight, and uh, we're going to worship Him. And I want to pray for another church really quickly before we get into what we want to talk about today. Today we're going to pray for Gospel Lighthouse. And so, if you will, let's bow our heads and I'll say a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for, uh, for your goodness and mercy to us as a church. And Lord, we thank you for so many incredible churches all across our community. And I lift up Gospel Lighthouse to you right now. And I thank you that you're blessing them as they, uh, as they further your kingdom, as they build your kingdom. God, I pray that you would supernaturally get behind them and it would be like your wind is pushing them forward in the things that you've called them to do. And so we pray for their pastor and their leadership and their congregation. Bless them today in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. I almost feel like I need to pray for the Cowboys today. <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday. He's like, Lord, help the Cowboys to win today. Um, I'm talking to somebody yesterday and, and uh, was thinking, you know, at the beginning, this is completely off subject, but at the beginning of every season, there's almost this like, this is our year. And I see some Cowboys jerseys. Come on, come on. This is our year, you know, and I'm like, maybe this really will be. <laughs> Our year where we don't just have a good regular season, but we do good in the playoffs too. Come on, somebody. Um, anyways, if you're not a football fan, I apologize. Um, you know, if, we, if you want to pray about that after the service, we can pray about that. <laughs> All right, so every year we like to pause a couple of times. We do this the very first Sunday of every year. We call it Vision Sunday. And we talk about all that God did the last year, and we talk, look into the future, you know, what is God calling our church to do this year. And then we love to do it on our anniversary Sunday where we sit down and we just talk about vision, and we talk about uh, just kind of celebrating what God has done. And so today will be a little bit different, uh, but we want to ultimately, we're going to get to the place where we're going to talk to you about our vision as a church and the spiritual journey that we believe God wants to take every single one of you on. And really just have you ask yourself the question, have I gotten on this journey? Am, am, I, am I progressing? Am I taking steps in this journey that, that the Lord wants? But before we do that, just to celebrate a few things, kind of update you on a couple of things and celebrate a few things that God has been doing in our church and kind of where we're at, um, we want to give you just some, some practical things first. So Yeah, so I'm just going to touch on one. Um, on Wednesday nights, as many of you have been hearing us talk about, we've got grow groups now going on in the back for um, our kids and many of you are a part of grow groups for the first time this semester and your kids are back there learning about knowing God and accessing the power of Holy Spirit and learning about the fruits of the Spirit but even in here the students have been meeting in here um, and we were laughing this last week we feel like it's kind of like a little piece of setup and tear down because we've been putting up some curtains and stuff just to try to create them their own space um, but they meet from six to eight right here we are still praying and we've been doing some interviews and talking with people working on things um the elders have have met with some but just praying for the right person um to be the person to lead our students our student ministries so we're just asking you to continue to pray with us pray for um god just to send the right person to lead our students yeah god has the right person um we're just just trusting him and uh believing him that he's going to do it uh just to update you on on something else uh we talked about five years of set up and tear down, and then we moved in here. I was talking to somebody this morning. I said, you remember when we used to set up and tear down? And they're like, yeah. And I said, it's hard to believe that it's been seven years and that it's been, uh, we've been in this building for over two years now. Um, I remember the process of getting in here and, and everything that went along with that. And, um, and then it's been cool to watch the Lord fill it up. <laughs> I mean, just, just people hungry for the word of God and hungry for a place to worship him and uh, we we say this statement a lot that our prayer is that you would show up for church and end up with family, that you would connect. And the only way that that happens is if you if you take part in the things that we're going to talk to you a lot about today, where you can really find family. Um, you showed up, you know, to to come to a building or come to worship or come to church or to try something out, but you can actually end up with family um, if you'll if you'll jump in and be a part of what God has called us to do. But um, in this in this last little bit, this last season of our church, we've been talking to elders and. And us, and we've been, you know, driving around town and trying to figure out what's next. Because how many of you know that this is not the end? This is not, you know, this is not all that God has for us. I remember, you're exactly right. I remember um, I, I was being reminded of just some of the things that I felt like the Lord spoke to me before we ever even launched the church and just big vision for what God wanted to do. And so um, if if <laughs> make this joke, I was gonna say, if you have something for sale, you know, like just you know, hit us up after the service. But 
uh, we've we've been driving around just trying to figure out okay what is what's available and what does God have for us. I know, and most of you know this, but we own this building and the parking lot and stuff around. We actually own the building next door. And we actually own all of this land that's back here behind the church. And even here recently, um, there has been some opportunities that have been presenting themselves. And I remember we were about to move in here, and you've heard me tell this, but um, the people that were selling this came over and walked over here and like looked me in the face and said, "Hey, we're about to sell this. Do you want this for the church?" You know, and we were like. Well, let's pray about it. And we prayed about it for like a week, talked to the elders, and then decided that was what God had for us. And here recently, there's been even some other property and things around right where we are um, that that we could have the opportunity to acquire and, and um, you know, just dreaming about building something, dreaming about more parking space, dreaming about all of these things that would be possible if, if this is God's will. And so um, we just, we believe that God's in it. And in God's timing, everything's going to happen as it should, but we're just trusting him and following him and, and just seeking direction and having conversations and stuff like that because we know that God has so much more in store for you and for our church and for us as well. So, um, And then just some, just some numbers uh, to kind of give you, give you some, some things that we were celebrating about as we were, as we were writing these down and, and finding these things out. After next Sunday, if you've never been water baptized, next Sunday during the 1045 service, we're going to be doing water baptism. And um, if you're saved, I believe it is your next step. It is you following the Lord and being water baptized. If you've never done that, go on the church center app and register. The only reason we ask you to register is because we want to give you a shirt. We want to make sure we have enough towels and all that stuff so we make it as easy as possible. We want you to be able to have that stuff available. Uh, but go on and register for for um, what we call Made New Weekend, where we'll be doing water baptisms next Sunday. But after next Sunday, with just the people that are signed up right now to be baptized, we'll have seen 17 people uh, get water baptized just this year, just since the beginning of January, which is awesome. And um, and I just want to encourage you, uh, get in the water. Can I say it that plain to you? <laughs> if you've never done this and you're and you're a follower of Jesus, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to take that step and say, you know what, I want the whole world to know that, that I'm following Jesus and my life has been changed. So that's exciting. Amen. Well, and currently we have 163 people serving on our build team. It's incredible. That's Come something on. to celebrate. That's, like, a, that's a good place to clap right there because yeah. there's a lot of people <laughs> serving. Yes, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> a lot of people serving even today. That's greeters, cafe, iKids, worship, production, prayer. We now have intercessors praying during services. Um, that's events team. That's safety team. It's incredible to see what God's done. So if you're not currently on the build team, maybe you've seen someone walking around having a kingdom builder shirt on, that, and maybe you serve on the build team and you don't have one of those, we want to get you one. It's just a great reminder that we're building the kingdom together. Amen? It's what, that's what this is all about. We build the kingdom together. And then another thing we're always excited about, you hear us talk about groups all the time, and we say get in a group, get in a group, get in a group. And every semester we have new groups available, and we're trying to get people in community. Um, but this, this semester uh, we were looking at, at the reports and stuff, and there are 126 adults in groups this semester alone. Yeah, and, and, and as Amanda was talking about, we now have groups for your kids on Wednesday nights that can, you know, if you're attending a group on a Wednesday night, it's a great opportunity for your kids to be being poured into while you're in community as well. And, uh, and, and we've had about 70, there's been about 70 um, kids and, and youth in this building on Wednesday nights uh, since we started that the last couple of weeks, which is amazing um, to see so many, you know, two years old all the way through high school that are being ministered to and loved on. And so we're excited about that. And then we were looking back as well, and you know this if you've been a part of our church, but every year we love to, we love to be generous as a church. We feel like God's called us to be generous and even just last year, because of your generosity, uh, with outreach and benevolence, helping people in need, um, ministering to people, trying to think of what all um, would be in that. But uh, just last year, uh, we talked about this in January, but because of your generosity, we uh, were able to do that to the extent of $109,000 that went into reaching people, serving people, providing food for people. Um, helping people find a place to stay, ministering to people, you know, in those ways. And the events that we do where we, we give away all these backpacks, you know, for kids that go back to school so they don't have to worry about going in and maybe they can't afford a backpack, you know, and they need some school supplies and things like that. That's because of you. 
That's because a group of people came together and said, you know what, I believe in the vision, and I want to I be a part of what God's doing. And uh, one, one can do a lot, but when you get all of us together working toward the same goal, we can accomplish a lot more. We can, really make, we can really affect people's lives and make an impact in people's lives. So that's exciting. Um, so next week, we're going to be jumping back into Philippians and going through Philippians chapter 3. But today is going to be kind of a special message where we're going to be celebrating. Uh, we're celebrating the church turning seven years old, uh, which is incredible when, when you stop and think about it. And we want to start with this verse because we're really talking about vision today. And we want to just give you the original, just going back to the original way that we used to say this and how, how we felt like the Lord put it on our heart as we were going through training and praying and, and seeking the Lord for even a name for the church and all those things that come along with that. And here's the, here's the verse that, uh, it's in Proverbs chapter 29, and the first part of verse 18, this is so powerful, you need to get this, where there is no vision... The people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, the the Hebrew word for vision here is the word kazon. Can you say that out loud? Just say kazon. One, two, three. Kazon. Come on, isn't that just fun to say? Just fun to say. It kind of sounds like calzone. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, like calzones. You like, you know, that's my thing. Uh, my in-laws used to own a restaurant, and uh, their calzones were called Fred's. They had, like, everything had a person's name, like the, you know, different meals that they had and stuff like that. But uh, calzone, this is what, this is what it means. It, it's a dream. It's a revelation. It's a vision for your life. And here's what the Word of God would tell us. If you have no vision for your life, if you, if you can't see where you're going, if you don't have anything that you're working toward, if you're not heading in the right direction that God has for your life, it says the people perish. You know, the message version of this same verse, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. The reality is, is when we don't have a vision for our life, we're going to stumble and if you don't know what God wants for your life, you'll just do whatever. And we were never called to do just whatever. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And, and actually in the King James Version, in the, um, in the main exact translations, it actually says that we should do. You know, God prepared them in advance, good works for us to do. But then these are works that we should do. But that really stuck out to me as we were talking about it. We were just sharing about it, just talking even more this morning. Those are works that we should do, but God gives us opportunity to do. We have to choose to do them. It's not just an automatic, it's not forced upon us, but we get to choose to do those good works. And so we're going to talk today about some things that we can do as followers of Jesus. Because God didn't just create us for whatever. He created us on purpose. And a lot of times we're battling things in our life. It's not actually the thing that we're battling. We're really battling the fact that we don't have clarity and vision for our life. And that comes as we seek God. Vision for our life, for our personal families. But today we're going to share with you what we believe will help your family, but vision for our church. Yeah, and there was a story um, a couple of weeks ago that I heard and then I was sharing with her and want to share with you today. And it's about a guy who was in the Olympics. If you watch the Olympics, it was the 2004 Olympic Games. It was in Athens. And this guy's name is Matthew Emmons. And he, uh, he was a rifle shooter. And so he was in this competition. And it was, it was interesting to me because I even Googled this. Come on, isn't it funny that we say Googled? Like, you know, somehow they've, you know, created this to where we use their term all the time. I Googled this. And that's marketing right there. I Googled this. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And was looking up this information. And even the ability that they have to, like, these guys will be so good at this that they can actually slow their heart rate down. And they'll squeeze the trigger in between heartbeats so that nothing shifts or moves, and it'll be a perfect shot where they want it to go. And this guy was so good, the story goes that he was so good that everybody was really honestly just planning on second or third place. Like it was a battle for second or third place because nobody's ever able to beat this guy. And it gets to the last round, and it's his last shot, and all he has to do is hit the target. He's so far ahead of everybody, if he hits the target anywhere, he wins gold. I mean, anywhere on the target, he hits gold. And so he lines it up, slows his heart rate down, pulls the trigger in between heartbeats, and hits the bullseye on the wrong target. 
and dropped from gold to bronze in one shot. And all he had to do was hit the target, anywhere on the target. And he hit the bullseye, but he hit the wrong target. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder how many of us are hitting a target, but we're not hitting the right target. You ever had a moment where you stop and you just thought, why am I even doing what I'm doing? Am I even heading in the right direction? Is this even what God has for my life? Is this, the, is this the, the journey that God wants me to be on, or have I just created my own target? And I'm hitting the bullseye on the target that I created, but I'm not even hitting the right target. I'm aiming at the wrong thing. And we'll think things like, well, I thought this was the right thing to do, or you stop afterward and you're like, man, that didn't lead me. You, it's like you hit the bullseye, but you're like, that didn't lead me where I thought it was going to lead me. I don't think that was the right target that I needed to be aiming at. Or I, can, I succeeded at that, but, man, I've got all that, but I'm far from God. I don't feel close to God at all, but I feel like I've got everything I've ever wanted in my life, but maybe I was aiming at the wrong target. And so we want to talk to you on that subject. We've titled the message simply that today, On Target, because we want you to be on target. And we really do believe that God has a spiritual journey that he wants to take you on whenever you give your life to him. That there, there is a process that God's trying to take you through that sometimes we resist. And, and seriously, we've, we've tried to create space and systems here as a church that can take you on this journey. But you've got to get in them. You've got to be willing to, to commit some time and some effort and get on the journey that God wants to take you on. And so we want to talk to you about that on this subject on Target today. Yeah. I'm going to pray. God, we thank you for who you are. I pray, Lord, that you just speak through us today. Open everyone's eyes and ears and hearts to receive what you'd have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Dale Moody said it this way, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. And we could say it this way, that everyone will end up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. And I want to encourage you as we're sharing these things, it's not so you can go stress and say, see, I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing, and now I'm even more sure because I'm like probably off target like they're talking about today. It's not about that. It's as we seek God and we obey his word, he leads us. He shows us. And that we want to be, be people that follow Jesus and what he set before us and not people that are just making our own plans and doing our own thing and then asking God later to bless it. You know, that we are from the beginning, we're saying, Lord, lead us, lead our steps. And we believe that some of these things um, that we're going to be sharing today, that it's going to help you because we want to be a church of people that are aiming at the right target with our lives. It's easy to get off. I mean, we have so many things in life happening, um, good things even, but that we want to be people that are following um, what God's given us to do. And you may have seen it when you walked in today. There are some signs hanging in the lobby, and that's what we want to be people that we're about. Um, when we first started the church, that's, that's what we said, and we just really believed it was time to put it back before the church and share this again and make the vision clear so we can all be on the same page, unified, running the race God set for us. Yeah, so over the summer, um, and we were at a, a pastor's conference, and we started talking about this, and, and then we had our, our time off. We were on sabbatical, and we were talking about it some more, just believing that the Lord was bringing us back to the, the wording to really make it clear uh, what it is that we're about as a church and this journey that God wants to take us on. And so uh, we're going to say it this way. This is the, what you've, you've probably seen in the lobby or you'll see when you walk out. But we believe this is, the, this is the spiritual journey that God has for every single one of us is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make an impact. We believe that God's direction for your life is that you would know him ultimately, that you would find freedom in your life, that you would discover why you're here, what it is that God's created you to do, and that you would use that to make an impact. And so we're going to really answer this question that I think some of us ask, even subconsciously sometimes, is what should I be doing? And if I'm on the wrong target, if I'm aiming at the wrong thing, or maybe you realize, like, man, we have everything that you could ever want, but we feel less fulfilled than we've ever felt in our lives because we're aiming at the wrong thing. And so here's the first one is that you would know God, and we could say it this way, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. What is it that the, the first thing that God wants for your life? He wants your life. 
He wants a surrendered heart to Him. We should seek God because we desire to know Him and not just need something from Him. And Christianity is about following Jesus, but here's the reality. Following Jesus requires surrendering your life to Him. It's, if, if you're not fully surrendered to Him, then you probably struggle to follow Him. Or when He leads you to do something, you struggle to be obedient and do it because you're not fully surrendered. You're still holding on to a part of your own life and, and the things that you want. And here's, uh, this is in Mark chapter 8, something that Jesus said. I want to start in verse 34. It says, Jesus called the crowd together with his disciples, which let me pause there and say, in the context of the scripture, there's a crowd around Jesus. So he calls the crowd together with his disciples. Two different things. Disciples, crowd. He gets everybody together. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is something we struggle with in our culture, and it's not a bash against our culture, and it's not a bash against you or against us or anything like that, but there is such a thing as like crowd Christianity. We're a part of the crowd, but we're not a disciple. We're a part of the crowd that is following. The miracles are cool. What's going on here is cool. They were following Jesus around, but look at what Jesus did. It says he called the crowd together into disciples, and he said to them, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake and the gospels will save it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. For what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world with all its pleasures and forfeit his soul? And the last verse gets me every time because it's this picture of what does it gain somebody to hit the bullseye on the wrong target and lose what really matters most? What does it gain a person, it, what, what does it benefit a person if they gain everything? They've got everything they ever wanted, but they feel less fulfilled than they've ever felt because they've hit the target, but it was the wrong target. They weren't focused on the thing that God had for their life. It was their own agenda. And Jesus had a lot of people hanging around him. But when he spoke to them and he called the crowd together, he called them to something deeper. He called them to something deeper. It was following him. It was surrendering their life to him. And you hear a lot of people, I heard another pastor say it this one way one time. He said, you hear a lot of people say, Man, we need deeper teaching, we need deeper teaching, we need deeper teaching, but nobody has any deeper action. We have all the knowledge in the world, and we have the Word of God in our, in our cabinets and in our nightstands and on our beds and, and, and everything, and we can get all the teaching that we want to get, but when do we start acting? That there's deeper action, like we need to have deep action that goes along with what we believe and what we know to be true. So we're, we're called to surrender to him, to follow him, to give up our own way. And, and as we were talking about this, and, and he was talking about surrendering and, and how we know God, I was thinking about um, when we first got married. And if you think about um, when you get married to someone, you know, you ask them to marry you, you meet on, on your wedding day. And imagine if we met on our wedding day, and then, you know, here we are almost 17 years later, and just never talked never were in relationship with one another, what good would that benefit us if we weren't sharing our lives together? And how often we as Christians can be like this. Jesus, I'm here at the cross. Forgive me of my sins. I've asked you into my heart. And then we just go about our own way, doing our own thing. But wanting him to bless us, wanting him to, to help us, yet we're doing our own thing. We're really not trying to know God. We're not surrendering our lives to him. We're not taking the time to spend time with him to read his word, to pray, to listen, to know God, we have to make the choice to be with him. We have to make the choice to be with him. It's a choice we get to make, and it's not a, God's not up there going, shame on you for not spending time with me today. No, it's just we're missing out when we don't spend time with him. We're missing out on all that he has for us by not cultivating that friendship with our heavenly father. He wants us to know him. He wants to help us. He wants the fruits of the Spirit to be 
coming from us, yet we get the choice to pursue him, to know him. It's up to us. And God wants us to know him. And as we go through this message, we're going to give you just these little statements of what followers do. And the first one is followers surrender, just like we just talked about. He said it quite a few times. We've got to choose to surrender. Followers surrender. They take up their cross and they surrender. And the second one, we followers spend time. You can't truly know someone if you don't spend time. I couldn't know him. I only know him because of time, because we choose to spend time together. And it's important that we choose to spend time, most importantly, with our Heavenly Father. Like, he wants me to have my time with Jesus. He wants me to. I'm a better wife when I do. You know, we need each other to spend time with Jesus. We all need to be spending time with our Heavenly Father. And I was thinking about myself, and maybe you can relate, I remember times in my life, seasons in my life where, um, especially early on, where I was content that I had prayed a prayer, but I did not know God. I had prayed a prayer and I had gotten saved, but I didn't know God. I didn't know his word. I didn't know him intimately. I didn't know what his plan was for my life. I didn't know God. And here's the great thing. And I want to kind of shift your perspective before we go to the second one, because if you're like me, sometimes you hear something that it's like, okay, I need to be about that. I need that in my life. But it almost feels like pressure. Pressure to do the right thing. Pressure to make the right choice. Pressure to, okay, I got to do this and I got to get up a little bit earlier and I got to make it. And it feels like pressure. It shouldn't feel like pressure. And let me, let me tell you why. The God of the universe, the God who created everything, including you, wants you to know him. There is no pressure in that. You have a loving God who just simply wants you to know him. He says, I want, I want relationship with you. That's why I sent my son is so that I could have restored relationship with you. So that you could know me. And so there's, there's no pressure to know God. We get the privilege of knowing God. And we go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and we invest time and we get to know him more and more. Here's the second one is to find freedom, find freedom. So we're going to surrender our life to Jesus. We could say this one this way, be made new by Jesus. And I think sometimes, uh, and maybe you remember this, I can remember this um, after I had, had gotten saved, and I remember times of thinking that after I gave my life to Jesus that everything was just going to work itself out and I was going to be like this, uh, like everything about me was just going to go away that I didn't like all the habits, any addictions, anything like from my past, that it was all just going to simply go away. And here's the reality. When you, when you surrender your life to Jesus, the Word does teach us that, that the slate is wiped clean, that you are made new. But how many of you know that you still have some hang-ups and you've got, everybody in here has got a past. And you've still got some stuff that after you give your life to Jesus, there's some stuff that God has to work out in you. There's some habits that he wants to, to shift and change in you. There's some things like addictions and wounds and hurt that, that he wants to give you freedom from and heal you from in your life. And if you really think about, think about the children of Israel for a moment. Been in slavery for over 400 years. God calls Moses. Moses goes, and, and we know the story. He goes to Pharaoh the plagues, all of these things. And finally, the people are free. They cross the Red Sea. Their enemies drown. And now they're on a 40-year journey of getting to a place that shouldn't take them 40 years. But they're on a 40-year journey of trying to get to the promised land. And on that journey, have you read your Bible? On that journey, what is God doing? He has gotten them out of Egypt, but he is trying to get Egypt out of them. Because they do not comprehend. And there are times where they're standing in a place and they're like, why did you bring us out here? We Just take us back where we can go and do what we used to do. At least we got to eat this there. Right? Like they had completely forgotten the oppression and everything that, that came with being enslaved. And, and for many of us, probably all of us, we all have a past. We all have habits. We all have hang-ups. We all have things that I believe when we surrender our life to Jesus, he wants to work those things out in our life. He wants to help us find freedom from the things that have, have kept us bound 
for so long, right? It's this picture of Jesus calling Lazarus out of the grave, but what did he do after that? He said, unwrap him. Like, take the grave clothes off of him so he can go free. And many of us have been resurrected. We have been, like, we have been saved, but we're still walking around bound by things of our past and, and hurts and hang-ups and how we were hurt back here and what happened to us when we were a kid and all of this unforgiveness in our hearts and all these things. And we've never given God permission to touch those areas of our life. And we really believe that part of your spiritual journey is allowing God to touch those areas of your life. Allowing him to touch that and bring that to the surface and be able to wipe that away. And then touch this and be able to bring it to the surface and wipe that away. And he's going to use people in this process. That's what the Bible teaches us. He's going to use people to try to get us to this place. And, and I'll ask you this question and then, and then we're going to read some verses and talk about, you know, kind of how we try to accomplish this as a church. But here's how you know what that thing is. Well, how do I, how do I know? What's the, what's the one thing in your life that you know if it wasn't in your life, your life would be better? I have this one thing that I just cannot seem to get past. I have this one thing that I cannot seem to get over. I have this one thing that I just cannot seem to stop doing. And if I could just, I have this one thing in my heart that I cannot just, I can't let go of it. But I know that if that thing was not a part of my life, my life would be better. And God wants to take that thing and he wants to heal that in your life. He wants to heal you. And who, I mean really, who doesn't want to be healed? Who doesn't want to be healed? I mean, I would, I would bet if we were to really get honest, every one of us in this room would say, I would, I would really like to, I would, I would like for that to not control me anymore. I would really like for that to not, you know, when I hear that, it doesn't cause that in me anymore. When I see them, I don't, you know, anymore. Like, there's some things in your life that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't need to work through some of the things from your past. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. And James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, believer, is, avail is able to accomplish much. When we put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and ha can have tremendous power. Some of you in here, I just felt while he was he was sharing and before I even read these verses, I felt like there was someone in here that you were like panicked at the idea of of some things in your life from your past, maybe that have been done to you or maybe that you've done even vocalizing that. But that there's only the enemy that wants you stuck holding that. He doesn't want you healed because with healing comes freedom, freedom to walk and live the abundant life God has for us. And I can't tell you how many times I have vocalized something in grow groups or other just private spaces um, with a fellow believer that I was able to vocalize something that I was struggling with and how healing and restoration was able to come. You're missing out on healing and restoration, hiding, afraid to share. And there's one pastor, he said it this way, that we go to God for forgiveness and we go to God's people for healing. It's not because people heal. It's because of this process that God has allowed us to take part in, that we, when we confess to God, when we ask for forgiveness, then we can go to each other and help one another. Not be each other's God, but be the hands and feet of Jesus for one another. And for some of us, we need to just get to the point where we are fed up with being dominated by that thing in our lives. And we're going to do something about it. And this is one of the reasons we say we're a church made up of grow groups. It's important that we're growing in relationship with God and growing in relationship with one another. You really do need a place where you can let your guard down, have some me too moments and be healed. To get in a group and get honest. Come on. It's time to get in a group and get honest. It doesn't have to be with everyone. It it's just with someone. It may be that you go to a girl group and you meet someone in that group that you know you can have a more personal, intimate conversation with. 
but it's important that we are in fellowship. Church is important, but we've got to make sure that we are in fellowship with one another, growing together, confessing to one another. And that leads us to our next statement that followers confess. They confess to God to be forgiven, and they confess to God's people for healing. Come on, that takes courage. But Holy Spirit can give you courage to let the guard down. Stop believing the lie that nobody likes you, no one wants you around, you don't know how to people. You do know how to people. God created you. You are human, and he can help you have conversations. I was so excited to hear Monday nights. There's, there's men, man talk. Is that right? Did I say it right? Man talk. And, and how many guys are in that group now? 18 men. Come on. Come on. Somebody needs to say amen right there. There are families that are never going to be the same because men showed up ready to be wanting, desiring to be the leaders of their home that God's called them to be, and they will never be the same. The same time, there's a woman's group that they're just being in the presence of God and spurring one another. It's important that we are in community with one another. Get in a group. We say it, we say it over and over again, yeah. but we, we know it's important. It makes a difference. It does. I uh, was reminded of a, a men's girl group. I heard someone talking about and <laughs> said they would get together and they'd say, well, how you doing? He's like, well, I'm good. My truck's good. My wife's good. My house is good. My, yeah, I'm just good. I'm good, you know. And they went through this process for about five or six weeks, and he kept asking the same question over and over again. He said it was about week six when uh, he asked that question and somebody finally opened up, and then everybody was el- else was like, okay, I'm really not good, you know, like <laughs> I've got this going on in my life. And those are what we would call, and what Amanda was talking about, me too moments. We need those opportunities where we get in a room and somebody opens up, and we've had those in the groups that we've been a part of where somebody shares or we share, and, and somebody's like, yeah, me too. I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one that deals with that or the only one that struggles with that. Me too. Can we pray, and maybe we can you know, meet up for coffee or something. Let's talk about this some more. Let's pray for one another so that we can allow the Lord to work on this in our lives, and we can be healed. We can find freedom. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to find freedom and be made new by him. Work out these things from your past. Here's the, the next one is discover purpose. And we could say it this way, become like Jesus. I don't know if you know this or not, but God is trying to make you more like Jesus. God is trying to make you more like Jesus. We had some shirts made. Our word a couple of years ago was transformed. I think it was actually last year, 2022. 2 Corinthians 3.18 those who with unveiled faces are being transformed into the image of Christ. We are being, it's what God is trying to do in our lives. If we'll allow him, he's trying to make us more and more like Jesus. I love this quote, the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you discover why you were born. Two greatest days are the day you were born and the day that it finally, you finally realize this is what God created me to do. This is what God has put me to do. This is what God has gifted me to do. And look at this, this verse. It's Galatians 4.19. Paul is wanting to see these Christians grow and become more like Jesus. And look at what he says. My little children, for whom I am again in the pains of labor until Christ is completely and permanently formed within you. And Paul is writing these believers, and he says, here's what I want. And it's like labor pains, like I am dying for you to experience this and for Christ to be made complete and whole in you for you to grow and become more like Jesus. And the goal is for us to become more like Jesus. Become more like Jesus. You've heard this cliche statement before. I know we heard it growing up in church that God loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you right where you are. And sometimes we hear statements like that and and they're catchy the first time. And then we kind of just you know, we don't think about it all that much, and we hear it again, and it doesn't have the impact that it did, you know, the first time we heard it. But it really is the truth. That God loves you. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to Jesus. You can surrender your life to Jesus right where you are. And we hope that you do that, that you just give your life to him. You don't have to, like, you don't have to fix everything or whatever, but then you submit to this process where God wants to help you find freedom, and he wants to help you become more like Jesus and discover the purpose that he has for your life. It's one of the reasons why there's something that we're, we've been working on, praying about, and developing. It's called Thrive Mentorship. And this is a ministry where you can be mentored by someone and eventually be a mentor to someone. You can actually sign up for this on our Church Center app. But 
Um, and you may say, well, well, I thrive mentorship, whatever, because we have grow groups. And yes, we, n- we know that. But I mean, how many of you have ever been in a season where you're just like, I feel like I need someone to speak wisdom into my life. I feel like I need someone further along, but I don't know where to go. And I don't want to be the crazy person that just goes and says, will you mentor me? Like, can you help me along? What we wanted to do, we, we really felt like the Lord was asking us to do was to create a space where you could put your name in to say, I want to be mentored. And there would be someone assigned to you to mentor you. And what does this look like? It looks like someone, maybe it works for you and this other person to meet early mornings and have coffee or meet in the afternoon and have coffee or have dinner together, whatever. It will be a person of the same sex. It will not, you will not get paired with someone of the opposite sex. It will be a man with a man, woman with a woman. But the the goal of this is to do what scripture tells us and to disciple one another to help one another. I can't tell you how many times I've had older women speak into my life, whether from a mother perspective, whether just from a woman of God perspective, that it helped to have someone to speak into my life, to listen as I cried, and them just be able to encourage me that my kids are going to be okay. You know, it. we need that in our lives. We need that. It's important. And real life change happens in the context of relationships. We all need it in our lives, but we get to choose it. Maybe God is trying to bless you with someone, but you're slamming the door and pushing them out. And I would encourage you. I really felt like, I did not say this in the first service, but I really felt like there's someone, you've had someone coming to you, pursuing you, and you're like, I don't even know why they're doing that. Maybe it's the Lord trying to open the door for you to cultivate a, a relationship with them because God's brought them into your life for this season, for a reason. Just trust him. Trust him and lean into that. We also have something, it's called Next Steps, and it's a place where you can discover the vision of the church, and you can hear about opportunities, discover your own gifts, passions, desires, and you can link arms with other followers. It's important. If you've never taken part in Next Steps, I encourage you um, that you go take a part. I believe it's next month. It is. Uh, that we're going to be having it. It's two parts. It happens during services, and, and so it's the first service. You can, attend, you can attend Next Steps and then just come to service, but it's important that you know what we believe, and maybe you sit in here and you're like, I'm not even sure if I align with this church. Well, that's a great place to find out if you do, if you align with how we believe, but we just believe it's really important that we are creating space for us to disciple one another, to grow together. Yeah, and just another thing on Next Steps. Um, the reason we did next steps, honestly, was because we felt like it was important when people came into a, a church to become a part of a body to know how does this thing function? You know, like what is how is how is it structured and where does the money go? And, you know, how much do we give away and how much are we spending on this and how much are we in like what are the percentages and and how can I get involved and We've always had this desire for every person that got on a team to have the same heart and the same vision. And that's why we require anybody that's going to serve to go through that process is because we all want to be about the same thing. We all, and we want it to be a place, we want Impact to be a place where you can come and you can be confident. I can link arms with these people. These, this is my church family. I'm going to give here. I'm going to serve here. We're going to truly make a difference in this community and in the world. And that's what Next Steps does on one level. And then it also helps you get involved, get on a team, begin serving, knowing, you know, like, well, okay, there's this opportunity. I didn't even realize that was an opportunity. It's a great thing for you to be a part of. So just a few more of those statements as we're going through the message, what followers do, what we believe followers do. Um, another one is followers seek. I think they, they seek mentors. They seek God's purpose. They seek godly direction. That's um, honestly part of Next Steps is, is created so that you can kind of seek out like, how can I be a part? What does it look like to serve here? What, okay, I didn't even realize that was an option. I think that's a passion of mine. I would like to do something like that. So it's an opportunity for that. Another one is that followers develop spiritual disciplines. When we're talking about developing our, pur- or, or discovering our purpose, and we're talking about becoming like Jesus, I think part of becoming like Jesus is developing spiritual disciplines in your life. Why is it important? Because your habits affect your heart. And a lot of times the enemy will go after your habits. He'll go after the things. He knows where your weakness is. He knows where you have a tendency to stumble and fall. He knows what that thing is. And he'll go after that so he can try to get to your heart through that process. And so I think things like committing to being at church. You know, we were talking about knowing God. And we created Sunday services from the very beginning. We wanted to be a place where anybody could be here. 
and you could grow in your faith, and you could grow in your knowledge of the Word, and you could really be spurred and encouraged, but then also the person that came in that really didn't know that much about God or was on the fence about it, that they would have an opportunity to know, like, wow, God loves me, and so that it would be an opportunity for lost people to also experience the presence of God and recognize, man, I think I need, I think I need God in my life. And then for the person that's been saved for 30 years to be able to say, wow, I'm just, I'm growing in my faith. I love linking arms with these people and things like that. Um, So commit to church, commit to the word, commit to time with the Lord, commit to godly relationships, commit to serving, have some spiritual disciplines. What would, what would this community look like if the church, if believers had some spiritual disciplines? If we were committed to some things and we just weren't going to back down from, no, I'm going to be in the Word. I'm going to be at church. I'm going to raise my kids here. I'm going to make sure that this is happening. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to have my daily quiet time with the Lord. And then here's the, the last uh, statement of this point. Followers discover spiritual gifts. The more I focus on what God has called me to do, the more of a disciple I become. And so we'll say it again. Go through next steps. Get on the build team and, uh, so that we can do what is the last thing we're going to talk to you about, and that's make an impact. Make an impact, and we need to do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. Look at the life of Jesus, and what did he do? He impacted people's lives. He was, he was, he was active in people's lives, and we want to make an impact together. You know, many of you, um, I'm sure you've seen it so many times, even if you've only been here a couple of times, we have three circles. Um, and the reason why there's three circles, I still remember um, years ago when we first started, when we went to training to plant a church, and we got the a visual of three circles, and Gabriel, he drew it, and the whole point was it begins with me with this inner circle, and then it works its way out, and we make an impact together, and so, yes, and so we have our three circles there, actually, and it's another reason why we, we felt led to even go with orange, because orange, if you look up the spiritual meaning of orange, it actually means fire of God, and we want to be people that our hearts are on fire for him, and we're looking yeah. to make an impact. Everything's intentional. <laughs> Everything's intentional. Because we just knew this is what God's called us to do. And, and it's been incredible to see how he's brought people alongside this vision to really impact the community and impact the people around us and all these things. So anyways, yeah. just it's awesome. So one thing that we believe that Jesus did that we're called to do, he went after lost people. When was the last time you had someone lost sitting next to you in church that you knew they needed Jesus and you invited them to this space. It's, it's not about, you hear us talking about numbers with all of this. It's not because we care about, oh, let's figure out how many numbers. It's because those numbers represent people. And those people represent stories and families. And God cares about them. And we want to be people that care about them too. That we never get more comfortable with making sure we have our own seat in church that we want, we'd rather stand in the corner and know that people are finding him. Because our goal is to make heaven crowded, not make impact crowded. Truly, we do not care. You invite a lost person and they come to find Jesus here at Impact, but they find a church home somewhere, that's incredible. Go where you're called to be, but that people come to know him and that we are people that are looking to make an impact, not make our lives great. Not make, not make sure we're comfortable and make sure we're in the, the row that we prefer, but that we desire to see lost people know him. Matthew 4, 19, he said to them, follow me as, I, as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk, and I will make you fishers of men. And that's what leads us to our next statement, that followers fish. I don't even personally like fishing, I mean, honestly, like in the physical form. But I'm going to be honest. It's easy for us as followers of Jesus that we say, well, I'm really not good at having a conversation. I'll leave that to someone else. And we don't even fish for men. We're all called to that. None of us are above that. None of us are beyond that. And I pray that we not be people that are just like hopeful that the leaders of this church or that someone else will make the invite, but that we're like, we're looking for those opportunities to have those conversations, to pray with that person, to make an impact in our community. I just remembered this. It's not in our notes, but I remembered a, a uh, pastor that I listened to. He made this statement. He said, 
that he had he had taught his church this thing, and I'll teach it to you right now. And I think I've done this once before, but uh, he said if you're in the grocery store or you're in the you know you're at Walmart or you're you know shopping at TJ Maxx or whatever, and anytime you hear somebody uh, talking about you know the difficulties of life or you know what's happened to them or how they're grieving something or whatever, and you overhear a conversation, he said he said you just walk right up to him and you say. I'm so sorry. I, like, I couldn't help but overhear what you were talking, talking about, and that, that has to really be hard. You need to come to my church. <laughs> you really need to come to my church. And what a great opportunity. Here's, here's the thing, and it's not all about bringing somebody to church because there's also opportunities where I think, I think sometimes we're too timid to lead somebody to Christ right in the middle of the store. And we want somebody else to kind of do the work for us. Am I stepping on your toes yet? We want somebody else to do the work for us. When God says, no, I want you to pray for them right now. And ask them in this moment, do you, do you want to receive Jesus? Do you want to get saved in this? Like, you know, and most people are going to look around and be like, right now? And be like, yeah, right now. On aisle 11. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, we're going to do it right now. And so there's opportunities, but here's, here's what I think the struggle is a lot of times is I think, I think sometimes we're just not aware. You know, it's like I'm, I'm running 10 minutes late, and i got to get to where I'm going, and so I don't even have eyes to see anybody that the Lord might put in my path today. I don't have eyes to, you know, just that five minutes that the Lord is trying to connect, and in a five-minute conversation, a person's life could be changed forever. And, you know, we, I preached a message a little while back now on margin. And some of us, we need to create margin so that we can see opportunities that God is presenting. To where we have, I'm going to leave 20 minutes early just in case somebody comes across my path or the Lord wants to use me on my way today. I'm going to get there 20 minutes early just in case that person shows up that I know is struggling and they want to talk. I just want to have the space available just in case they want to talk so that I can actually talk to them and lead them to the Lord or give them hope or give them encouragement or whatever. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? It's not, this is, and, and here's the great thing. This is exciting. This is, like, if you ever begin to do these things, it just becomes fun. Like, what is God going to use me to do? today like who who is he gonna who am i gonna encounter today and this is how we this is how we even make an impact in people's lives is we're creating space and opportunity to do that and so followers fish and we read this verse last week but i want to remind you it's in matthew 20 verse 28 it says just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin and jesus jesus ultimately served all of us by laying his life down and he said i've set an example i didn't come to be served i came to serve and even to the extent of laying my life down and then here's the the last statement we're going to make as we kind of wrap this up is followers serve followers serve and i know you may get tired of us saying these things over and over again but did you know we say these things over and over again because it is the vision of our church that you would be here and you would be connected and you would be in a group and that you would be being discipled and that you would be serving on a team and that you would get the vision of this house and you would be able to take it forward and that you would go out and you would be a part of outreach and that you would do the things to try to reach people and bring people in and pray for people. And like everything that we do is intentional. And the reason we say it over and over and over and over and over again is because we want you to get it. That we believe that God has a spiritual journey that he is trying to take every single one of us on. And we, we're all in different stages on that journey. And some of us have been on that journey and we're kind of like sitting on the sidelines right now. And God's call to you today is to get back, get back on this spiritual formation journey. Like what is God trying to do in my life? What, what's, what is my next step that I need to take? We need to be people who are taking steps with the Lord. This thing about serve days, we don't do serve days, you know, once a month or the big serve day every July to try to build attendance. We do it because it's following Jesus' example. It's getting outside of the walls and going to where people are that are hurting and don't have hope and just need a meal.
just need somebody to pray with them, just need to see a smiling face because they haven't seen a smiling face in three weeks. And they're feeling depressed. And man, that one conversation, that one prayer moment could change everything. And we'll say this again, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. Worship team, you can go ahead and come back. I want to encourage you. If you haven't gone through next steps, go through next steps because you do have to do that first because we want you to have the heart of why we do what we do. But after that, get on the team. Get on the build team. Begin doing something to serve the people around you and show up to an outreach. I think the next we'll have, you're going to be hearing about it here pretty quick, but we'll have you know a Thanksgiving outreach that we do. Um meals for families and things like that and then our big christmas outreach which is the first part of december uh, where we just love on people that day and we you know give stuff away and pray for people and you'll be hearing more about that or whatever but um but man would you would you link arms with the people around you and with this church and let's let's go change the world let's go change the world man there's nothing that there's nothing like serving people that can change somebody's world and at the same time, fulfill you because you're actually doing what you're following Jesus' example. So follow or serve. Yeah. And I just want to share this, this little example that I thought about as we were preparing and we were praying. I was thinking about we have workout equipment in our garage. And um, full transparency, it's been collecting dust for the <laughs> last, last several months. And, and I was thinking about what that equipment it's, it's there to strengthen us, right? But it can't do what it's, it's made to do unless we use it. And it's the same thing with the, thi- the principles in God's word and even these principles about knowing God and, and discovering our purpose and making an impact together and finding freedom that those things are, those w- we get to choose to apply those in our life. Just like workout equipment, you can't expect to just find strength because you looked at the workout equipment. I wish it was that easy. Come on. I mean, it would be great. But instead, we have to apply it. We get to choose to do that work. We get to choose to partner with the Lord. And, and I just, as we, as we wrap this up today, here's the reality. We all have God's word, but are we people that are in it? We have the same amount of time in the day as everyone else, but are we intentional to spend our time with him? We're missing out if we're not. Grow groups are available to help develop us and to help us find freedom in our life, but are we committed to one, to growing in relationship with God and growing in relationship with each other? Next steps, it's available for you to help discover your giftings and purpose, but have you gone through the class? The build team is available for you to be kingdom builders and, and partner with God and with one another here. I can't tell you how many friendships and people I've met and gotten to know just by serving. It, it's important. There's something that happens when we just are unified, getting the love on kids or greeting at the door. It makes an impact. The Thrive Mentorship that we mentioned today, you get to choose to be mentored by someone. No one's going to twist your hands. Now, some we may come to personally and ask you, but here's the reality. You get to choose it. You get to choose to be mentored or mentor someone. There's somebody that needs you. They need you to speak into their lives. They need you to love on them, to cry with them, to celebrate with them. That's what it may look like. I can't tell you how thankful I am for women that, that are, are beyond, that, have, that are in different places of life, that they've been willing to sit with me. You need that. None of us are above that. None of us have reached the point in our relationship with God that we don't need that. We need that. It's important. But it requires courage. But we get to choose these things. We get to choose to step into this, to apply it, to be like James said, and not just hearers of the word, but doers as well. Yeah. Will you stand this morning or this afternoon now, I guess? (laughs) I want to read this verse. We read it last week's Philippians 2 and verse 2. It says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love toward one another, knit together in spirit, intent on one purpose, and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel. The good news regarding salvation through faith in Christ. And I want to make this statement because I believe it to be true. That when we're moving in the same direction with one purpose, making an impact, we experience His joy in our lives. When we're moving in the same, and that's, that's what this is. That's, that's why we believe that God gave us the vision 
and the direction for this church is so that we would all be moving in the same direction on this spiritual journey together, making an impact in people's lives and seeing people come to know Christ and they start the whole process over again. Now they've surrendered their life to Jesus and they're finding freedom in their life and they're discovering what it is that God created them to do and now they're changing the world around them. And it affects somebody else and now they surrender their life to Jesus and they find freedom from their past and they discover why they were created and what their purpose is and now they're making an impact in people's lives around them. And that it would just be this cycle that would never end. That we would continually be seeing people go through this, this process and be on this journey together. So what do followers do? Followers surrender. Followers spend time. Followers confess. Followers seek. Followers develop spiritual disciplines. Followers develop or discover spiritual gifts. Followers fish and followers serve. And as we commit to do these things, I truly believe, we'll put it up here again, and you're going to see it every week now because it's going to be in the lobby. But we will know God and we will find freedom and we will discover purpose and we will make an impact. As we follow, as we follow, because this is what followers do. This is what followers do. And God, God is trying to bring you along on this journey to transform you and make you more like Jesus and give you your purpose, show you the people in your life that he wants you to make an impact in their life and the giftings that he's given you and work out the things from your past and your habits and, and all the things that you know, like if that thing wasn't in my life, I know my life would be better. But it all starts with surrender surrendering to Jesus. What would it look like today if you fully surrendered and you said, okay, and here's my challenge to you, to every single person, if you haven't done it already, start today and give us a year. Fully surrender and go on this journey that God has for your life over the next year and come tell me that your life is not better. Come tell me that you're that, that you're not more fulfilled than you've ever been before. And that God is using you in ways that you never knew he could before. It, it can't help but happen. When you're surrendered to God and you allow him to touch those areas of your life that, that you know, man, if that wasn't in my life, my life would be better. And you discover what you were created to do and what God's gifted you to do and you begin to serve along other people and you're building relationships and you're connecting with people and you're truly making an impact in the world around you, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. And I want to invite um, Amanda to pray for us and our prayer team can go ahead and come down. And as we sing this last song for just a few minutes, we want to give you the opportunity to receive prayer if you need prayer for anything in your life today. Worship team begins to sing in a moment. You can just slip out of your seat. Just come down here and and just meet with somebody. And maybe you just need to be encouraged. You need them to agree with you on something. You want them to pray over you or whatever it is. You can just let them know. But we'd love to pray for you uh, before you leave today. So we pray. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you. I pray, Lord, that today we truly choose to be followers, not just crowd Christians, but followers of you, that we choose to go on the journey to know you, to discover purpose, to find freedom, and to make an impact, Lord. I pray that we not just be hearers, but we be doers also, but may we never forget that it was what you did on the cross that made all these things possible, and it is not about us, but may we live our lives to glorify you and make being obedient to you and knowing you more important than anything else. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.